The opinions and views expressed by the host and guest are not necessarily the views and opinions of the Blake Radio Network. Broadcasting, broadcasting, broadcasting to the world, broadcasting to the world, to the world, to the world, spreading the news and information. BlakeRadio.com, music for your mind, body, and soul. Talk radio at its best. Dr. Dennis Daniels, and welcome to Healing with Dr. Daniels on Blake Radio Channel Rainbow Soul. It is Tuesday, February 2nd, and it is 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And today we're going to talk about the Flint, Michigan water crisis. What is the real crisis, and is it really about water? Some people have even gone so far as to say it might be about race because the city happens to be predominantly uh, African-American, people of color, brown-skinned people, whatever uh, term is being used these days. So what I want to talk about tonight is the real crisis. And yes, it's related to health and what's going on and the psychological conditioning and what it means for your health and for your life. And as always, a uh, thing happens. Uh, by the way, people who like to listen by phone can call in at 914-338-0695, and we'll take questions um, after the half hour. Um, or people can also um, participate in chat room, which is healing with drdaniel.chatango.com. All right, so the Flint water crisis. I think it's easier to understand a crisis if we first talk about water. And then... Uh, I'll talk about my uh, encounter with water uh, throughout my life. And uh, then we'll talk about the Flint crisis. We'll talk about uh, the meaning of the crisis. And we'll talk about some solutions. But first, uh, perspective. So so what what does water mean? Well, back when I was 10 years old, this is what I asked my parents. I said, Mom and Dad, why do we pay taxes? I know it's our government. I know we pay taxes. Why are we paying taxes? And why does everyone else pay taxes? And so my mother said, well, we pay taxes because the government provides us with important things, like drinkable water, things that we couldn't possibly get on our own because we live in a city. So we pay taxes, and the government provides these things. Now, I lived in Buffalo, New York, those of you who are not familiar with that, uh, that is on Lake Erie, one of the Great Lakes. 
more to the point, the Great Lakes have been contaminated over the years by uh, car production and various other things. So during my childhood, there were many water alerts from the government saying the water is not safe to drink. Boil your water. And, of course, mom would dutifully boil all of our water for whatever the government said, one day, three days. And so, as a child, I said, well, I guess that's the way you handle your responsibilities. You alert people when you have defaulted. Hmm. So, sometimes the government messed up, but they warned us, or so we believed. So, fast forward to 1986. I moved to Hayward, Wisconsin, only to find that the water came out of the faucet brown. Brown, yes. And for those of you who uh, are aware of northern, Mich- northern Wisconsin and the Michigan area, again, we're bordering the Great Lakes, a uh, major source of pollution from the uh, car manufacturers, but also it's something called the Iron Range. So the soil there has a lot of iron in it. Because the water came out the faucet brown. I don't mean tan. I mean brown. And so I remembered uh, what my parents told me. We pay taxes, so the government made sure that the water that came out of the faucet was safe to drink. So, of course, since I knew people were paying taxes, of course this water had to be healthy and safe to drink. Now, a senior official at the uh, clinic I worked for turned the water on, reached his hand of the faucet, took a drink, spit it out, and said, yep, it's safe. Now, I was a little uneasy because if it was so safe, why did he spit it out? So ultimately, I installed a water softener filter system because all of my white doctor jackets were turning brown from the water. In other words, I didn't even suspect that the water was undrinkable. So I still believed that the water was safe to drink. So fast forward to 1995. Now between 1986 and 1995, I drank tap water. Thinking that you drink tap, uh, bottled water when you left the country. You go to third world countries, you drink bottled water in the United States, we pay taxes, and so our government gives us drinkable water. Now, in 1995, I was in medical practice and studying natural healing uh, as the standard stuff I was taught in medical school was clearly not working. Now, as I studied things like fasting and macrobiotics and other naturalist healing uh, schools, I found that the foundation of all of these healing programs was removing tap water from the diet and drinking purified water. So some schools said distilled water, some said reverse osmosis water, but the deal was you could not recover your health drinking tap water. This was 1995. Now, for those of you, you know, maybe your math is uh, challenged, that was, that was 20 years ago. So 20 years ago, this was plain for all who wanted to read it or see it. All right. So let's take a look at what the United States government says. It says that United States citizens traveling abroad to third world countries will get traveler's diarrhea, a condition presumably related to bad water, bad water, bad food, Bad sanitation, but let's just say it's related to bad water. We're gonna, we're gonna, you know, go with this. We're gonna, we're gonna believe that. And so, anywhere from uh, 15 to 60 percent of people who travel overseas are gonna get uh, diarrheal illness. Now, we're gonna take a look at 2011 because 
that's the uh, latest date for which numbers uh, are available. So back then, 178 million people in the United States got diarrheal illness, not leaving the country, 178 million. And at that time, according to the U.S. Um, Census Bureau, there were 311 million people in the United States. In other words, 57% of Americans got diarrheal-like illness related to, epidemiologically related to, contaminated water and contaminated food. So if you leave the country, your chances of getting diarrhea are between 15 and 60%. And if you stay in the country, your chances of getting a diarrheal illness are 57%. Hmm. All right. So in other words, clearly, as early as 2011, if you want to use the government's figures, there's a serious problem in the United States with contaminated food and water just because of the epidemiology. In other words, the only way to get a diarrheal type illness is from contaminated water and food, period, done, end of discussion. So the fact that 57% of Americans in 2011 got this condition is a little bit of a warning that maybe all is not well with this first world water supply. So let's take a look in this context. Let's take a look at the Flint water crisis. So if we take a look at the Flint water crisis, what really impresses me uh, as you watch the, the stories is people say, you know, something wasn't right. I knew something wasn't right. It's been years since something wasn't right. Rashes, this, that, the other thing. One guy went so far as to say his friend told him to stop drinking the water, but he kept drinking the water. And so now we're blaming the government for providing contaminated water. So let me just read a few a few uh, things. So the CNN reliable information source quotes Lorna Hunter, who's lived in Flint Ministries again for 60 years. She says, recently things have changed. You feel like a sitting duck here. And she owns a flower shop. And she's not referring to threat of guns or terrorists. This is important. Those of you who are worried about guns or terrorists, you've got bigger fish to fry. Uh, I'd say your tap water might be one of them. Anyway, so Flint water residents are afraid of their water. High levels of lead have plagued Flint's municipal water supply for at least a year. At least a year. So here you are, a resident. For at least a year, there have been water problems. What do you do? Well, let's see. So on Tuesday, Rick Snyder, the governor of Michigan, declared a state of emergency for Genesee County because of the water crisis. And the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of Michigan is investigating. All right. Okay. So some investigation here. And so, or this is an effort to address the concerns of Flint residents and we're working with the Environmental Protection Agency. It looks like the Environmental Protection Agency has definitely failed to protect the environment. I'm not, I don't see why at this point they would be involved. 
So they want to get to the root cause of the disaster that has occurred in front and hold everyone involved responsible. All right. So the Flint Council okayed funds for return to Detroit water after lead concerns. In other words, in November, this is uh, a few months ago, Flint citizens filed a class action lawsuit on behalf of victims of high levels of lead against the governor of Michigan and, of course, other city officials. Now, the investigation by the U.S. Attorney's Office comes more than a year after the uh, city began getting water from the Flint River instead of Lake Huron. So there, was, there was a positive move made which switched the water supply about a year ago. And the move was announced as temporary cost-cutting measure until Flint could get Great Lakes water on its own, according to class action lawsuit. But then residents' complaints about strangely colored tap water, studies showed that lead piping elevated lead levels 10 times higher than they had previously measured. A local hospital discovered the percentage of Flint children with elevated lead levels nearly doubled after the switch. So my question is, what kind of water was the hospital feeding to its already sick people? Well, there's a question. Was the hospital feeding tap water to its patients? That would be good to know. And so the health officials listed in the class action suit include the health effects, include skin lesions, hair loss, high levels of lead in the blood, vision loss, memory loss, depression, and anxiety. Our two people, Keith, John, and his wife, Jackie, who are in his 60s, say in court documents they suffered property damage, corrosive pipes, loss of value in their home, skin lesions, psychological disorders like depression, chronic anxiety, and inability to cope with normal stress. And these are a result of bathing, washing, and normal household activities, in other words, using this contaminated water. Now, you have to ask yourself, when people discovered that these things were happening, what was going on in their mind? What was, what was the process? So before we get too deep into that, so what, what's the government's response to this? Well, the government's response is to go door-to-door well, first, they provided filters, and the filters, of course, don't filter out the level of lead found in the water. But then they went door-to-door with bottled water, water in plastic bottles. And people were very happy to receive these bottles of plastic water. The gratitude was, uh, was really touching. You, know, you go, go online, you can see these, uh, these government officials wearing military outfits going door-to-door, passing out bottles. I guess the subliminal message is uh, the military is your friend. There's a problem uh, with this message. And the problem is, duh, the crisis was caused by the government. So in other words, people were depending on the government, delegating to the government responsibility for their water. And the government brought to them water that was unhealthy and not fit to drink. And people were drinking this water for a year, getting symptoms that were attributable to water, and many of them decided 
a year ago to stop drinking the water because it smelled bad, it tasted bad, and they decided it was bad. But apparently most people in Michigan, in, in Flint, Michigan, decided that they would wait. They would wait for the government to tell them that the water was not fit to drink. Or even worse, that they would go to court and wait for the judge to tell them the water was not fit to drink. This, to me, is the crux of the problem. This is really not about water. It's about conditioning. Uh, you know, people, Americans have been hearing for decades that the water is safe and the government's keeping us safe, principally by supplying clean, safe water, inspecting the water. But based on the reports and the alternative healing diets and practices as far back as the 80s, this is, this is not true. If the foundation of natural healing is to stop drinking tap water, I think that speaks for itself. So the water from the tap has not been safe to drink for at least 20 years, probably closer to 30 years, maybe even more than that. But let's just say there's circumstantial evidence that tap water has not been healthy for at least 20 years. That's my personal observation. I can, I can vouch for that. And, you know, the story I can tell you, many of you have told it once before, at least. Uh, you know, I, I saved someone's life who was in the hospital by taking them off hospital water and hospital food. So there's no question that the water is unsafe to drink. The question you have to ask is how deep is this conditioning that people obediently drank the water and waited to be told by the official voice of propaganda that the water is either safe or unsafe. This level of conditioning is the problem because it doesn't stop here. This is just, and, and, and this is something that totally destroys people's health in many ways, undermines it every day and all the time. It is this conditioning. Where does this conditioning come from? Well, you go to school, you sit in a classroom with 30 people, let's say 30 kids in the classroom, the teacher says, everyone, take out your pencil, take out your paper and write. And she tells you what to write. And what she tells you to write makes absolutely no sense at all. No sense at all. It's of no use. Once you've written this, when you go home, you're not going to have any more food to eat or any more heat in the house. It's totally trivial and irrelevant. So why is this kid doing this? He's doing it because everyone else is doing it. And so what you have then is people say, well, I can't just stop drinking the water because I know it's poisonous. Everyone else is drinking it. I don't want to stop doing something unless and until everyone else stops doing it. And this is where you get the really obnoxious behavior of people trying to get everyone else to do what they're doing, or a person might say, well, geez, I know I should make this change in my life. Let's say stop drinking tap water. They'll try and get everyone around them to stop drinking tap water before they stop. Why? Because their conditioning is so strong, they're actually not able to make a change unless and until everyone around them changes. And this is a conditioning 
everyone has to simply resist, resist. I was talking to my husband, I was trying to explain the, the utter tragedy in Flint, Michigan, of people not being able to stop drinking the water just because it's poisonous. And he says, well, you know, they don't want to be all by themselves. They don't want to be alone. It's too lonely. And this is another issue. When you do something that is consistent with your observation, your experience, and your level of understanding, initially it might be a little lonely, but it tremendously strengthens you as a human being and tremendously uh, makes you much healthier and much more powerful. But people are being conditioned to totally ignore, ignore their immediate observation and to not even exercise what is within their power to do. Now, we, we have, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't like to say negative things about people, so I won't say anything negative, but we have uh, people suggesting that the citizens of Flint, Michigan, were somehow helpless in all this. And I'd like to suggest that that is absolutely not true. A water distiller sells for $200 or less. Your filters sell for $36 a year or less. And even the most impoverished person could turn off the electricity. In other words, just turn off all the lights in the house. And when the sun sets, guess what? Everybody goes to bed. It wouldn't take more than a month, especially in a place like Michigan, to save $200 just on the electric bill alone and be able to buy a water filter. But that would require another degree of nonconformity. And I would just like to mention, even myself, as a physician, earning, well, by any measure, would be an exceptional income in the 90s. I had no problem hitting all the fuses so that my lights in my house did not work and the kids would go to bed when the sun went down. Why? It lowered my stress. I just didn't want the stress of the kids arguing and being up after dark. Why not just hit the fuses? The kids would be peaceful. They would go to sleep. I would have peace and save on my electric bill, too. There were people who said, Dr. Daniels, we thought you had moved. We didn't know anyone was living in the house anymore because we never saw any lights on. I said, oh, you don't see the lights on because I turned off the fuses. Of course, they were stumped at that point. Well, can't you afford electricity? I don't want to afford electricity. But what I'm trying to say is the people of Flint, Michigan, have enough resources to have solved this problem a very long time ago without, I'll repeat that, without the assistance or the approval of the government. So now what we have is water that's unsafe to drink, at least since 1987, when I saw brown water coming out of the faucet, People in Flint for years have been saying the water is not safe to drink. Some of them filtering their water, I'm sure in secret, and urging others to do the same. But this is really, like I said, it's about conditioning. Can the public, with the use of propaganda, be convinced to disregard what their five senses are telling them and suspend judgment on the say-so of the voice of propaganda? The answer is apparently yes. The water was clearly not drinkable for some time even to the casual observer. And that's only the first part of the experiment. That's the first part of the experiment. The first part of the experiment is, can we get people to allow themselves to be poisoned, even though 
to their own superficial observation, the water is unsafe? The answer is a yes. But there's a second part of the question. Can people then be counted on to trust the very information source that betrayed them to tell them when the water is safe to drink? And the answer to that is a resounding yes. How do you know that? Because these people who've been poisoned by their government are now accepting bottled water from their government. If the government can't even certify the water out the faucet is safe to drink, how is that same defective process going to produce healthy water just because it's now bottled? And so this is a serious miscarriage of judgment, not the government's judgment, the citizen's judgment. But this is the experiment. This is really what the Flint, Michigan water situation is all about. This media coverage, oh, my God, the water is unsafe to drink. Oh, God, the government didn't provide drinkable water like it said it would. The real scandal here is it's like, okay, we've been poisoning you for a year or more, probably 20 years. Now we're going to reveal it, and we're going to see how well you guys handle that. And guess what? The folks in Flint are handling it pretty well. They're like, hey, we got with that. Thanks for the bottle of water. We'll accept that. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. So this is, this is conditioning. It's population control. Can and will people suspend their own judgment, fail to take even simple action to defend themselves, and stay and not stay safe, and do all this on the say-so of a disembodied voice of propaganda on a 6 p.m. news. If you have a person with 6 p.m. news, you're just reading the news. You don't even know where it came from. And it's the same person reading the same news every night that they haven't personally verified. So there's no indication it's true. In fact, there's every indication to the contrary. And so... The experiment is how obedient will people be to this voice of propaganda, even to their own detriment? So far, the answer is yes. As, as I follow the uh, Flint, Michigan water crisis, the answer is a um, disappointing, resounding yes. So this is the experiment. But it doesn't stop here. It does not stop here. The next step is to give people an even more preposterous command, even more damaging to their personal self-interest, to their health, and to life itself, and see if they obey it. This is important. This is important. So the next order people got was to pay their water bill or have their children seized and removed from the home and put in child protective custody. And so we'll see how this is going, how the um, water bill collection uh, process is moving along. What about the next order? There's more orders. When you start obeying orders like this, let me tell you, there is no end of it. There is no end of it. It will, it will keep coming. So what's, what's the next order? Well, the next order, of course, which is ongoing, is for people to purchase health insurance through the Affordable Care Act. So you look at the um, health, or I should say medical services industry, and what you see is a kill rate of 880,000 people a year. What you see is that 40% of Americans who die 
die at the hands of the medical industrial complex. They die in the hospital. They die when they go home and take a prescription prescribed by the doctor. Um, and all they need to do is be told by the voice, the voice. In fact, whenever I hear anything that's any information that's distributed in the same voice that the 6 o'clock news is distributed in, I'm like, okay, here it is. I know it's going to be a lie. I'm ready. All right, what is it? And really, with the poor truth rating of the 6 o'clock news, that's about the way you should take it. But uh, I digress. So the command then is to pay a certain amount of your income every month into something called health insurance or medical services, something that will simply guarantee your access to being killed earlier. Then the next piece of information is to show up, go for the annual physical exam, accept the prescription, take the drugs, all this from the disembodied voice of propaganda. So this, this information isn't coming from any individual accepting personal responsibility. No. This information is just because they said so. Actually, I talk to people and people say, well, you know, that's what they say. So who's they? Oh, I don't know. I say, yeah, me neither. But those of you who are old enough, I'm 59, so maybe I guess a 59 up crowd, the 59 down crowd, you haven't heard this yet, but, you know, believe half of what you see and none of what you hear. There you go. That solves the problem right there. So if you're in Flint, Michigan, Chicago, Illinois, New York, New York, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, wherever you might be, take a look at that stuff going out the faucet. Do you really need the government to tell you that it's not healthy? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? You're waiting for a committee? You're waiting for a class action lawsuit? You're waiting for a movement? I hear this all the time. People talk about organizing. Organizing. Organizing? Organizing what? Organize yourself. Organize yourself and get a water filter. Organize yourself and to stop doing things that you've noticed are harmful for you. That, that's it. So, of course, the next, uh, the next command, and it'll go something like this, will be for everyone to walk out of their front door, walk down a particular road, and jump off a cliff. And guess what? People will do it. That's where this condition is leading. So this kind of control over people Weapons like guns are totally unnecessary. Believe me, totally not necessary. When people can be induced to destroy themselves on the command of a voice, this is just a voice. They're, they're, they're slaves. They're, they're owned. They're property. No shackles needed. Which reminds me of a famous political movement. Actually, she's now a famous piece of history. The Occupy Wall Street movement. And so I'm, I'm here in Panama, right? So I have to, I watch this stuff on the internet, you know, little clips I see. And so feminist political movement, um, these college students were demonstrating occupying Wall Street because they somehow believe that these wealthy people who owned these Wall Street companies 
or somehow oppressing them or interfering with their lives. Okay, that's, you know, maybe you want to quibble with that, but let's accept that as true just so we get to the next point. But while protesting against this elite 1%, they accepted flu vaccine manufactured by the same 1% they were protesting. Just what do you think was in those needles? I'll tell you this. After they accepted the flu vaccine, the protest quickly fizzled. Quickly fizzled. Pray tell. If you're protesting against an entity, and you perceive that you not have your best interests at heart, why would you trust them to have anything beneficial in a shot that they give you? This is the problem. People are taking actions that are totally opposed to their observation and beliefs. So, what can the people of Flint, Michigan do? What is a person to do? Each person slash household should cease all expenses. As I said, electricity, food, movie tickets, gas for the car, everything. Just stop until you save enough money for a water purifier, reverse osmosis, or a distiller. Or you could be creative, hitchhike, get out of town. But again, you're just going to move to another water supply that's also unsafe. So wherever you are in the United States, if you go by just the epidemiology of the CDC, based on 2011 figures, uh, food poisoning slash water poisoning affects 60% of Americans. So there's absolutely no evidence that the water supply is safe anywhere in the United States. So what you should do is quietly filter their water and look for other aspects of their lives where they have been taking the word of the voice of supreme propaganda. So if you, is there anything you believe? And someone asks you, well, why do you believe that? And the answer is, because they say so. Mm, that's it. You've been victimized. You need to look, think, taste, and smell. Is the information from the voice in conflict with any of your observations? If so, disregard the voice and look for better solutions or actions that are consistent with your observation, your sense of taste, your sense of smell, and your experiences. And with regard to the voice, whatever the voice says, you can either do it yourself or better yet, don't do it at all. Don't do it at all. I can say, honestly, the biggest aid to my personal happiness and freedom came when I stopped drinking the water. When I stopped drinking the water. So after about three years of not drinking the water, I realized that I had almost nothing in common with people who did drink the water. Nothing they said made any sense to me. And nothing I said made any sense to them. We had to be satisfied with homilies. We had to repeat rote, polite exchanges of memorized social phrases that you would find in a basic learn English textbook. Literally, we would exchange very polite conversation. Hello, how are you? I'm fine. And you? Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Oh, I'm so sad to hear that. Oh, I hope things are better. Oh, I'm glad things are going so well. Well, I'll see you soon. That was the whole conversation. We could not talk about anything that really mattered. So this Flint crisis is not a crisis of water. That happened 20 years ago. It's absolutely not a crisis of water. 
It is the deliberate exposure of a government poisoning program to see if people would still trust the government to save and protect them, even knowing that the government was knowingly poisoning them for years. The question is, would people continue to believe and obey? And the answer appears to be yes. Yes. Unfortunately. So if you're listening, just take this as a lesson for your own life. Uh, you know, let me give you a little help here. Health care, is it healthy? When was the last time you went to a doctor and got cured? I mean, just saying. So that's one to, one to examine, you know? Take a look at it. And an education will make you rich. Your kids need an education to get ahead in life. Tell it to Steve Jobs. Tell it to Bill Gates. What about that bright kid down the block who just graduated in debt and will never be able to pay it back? I mean, just say it. So if the knowledge was so valuable, how come many universities are putting their curriculum online on the internet for 100 bucks? Yeah. Wharton did that last year. So the crisis is one of conditioning. The solution is to decondition yourself. Decondition yourself. Stop drinking the water. Turn off the TV. Don't even let the information in. I was working, uh, many, I work online, I work at home, I'm in my office here, so, so I'm working, working, working all day long. So I walk out of my office, and my husband says, Honey, honey, you got to hear this, 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 this guy online, he's talking about this, he's talking about money, and, and there's a collapse, and... I said, okay, exactly what did he say? I don't know, I don't know, but you got to hear it. I said, okay, let me tell you right now. So my, my husband said, well, you know, maybe I'm a little addled. Maybe I'm forgetful. That's why I can't remember the details of what he said. I said, that's powerful, but honey, yesterday we went and talked to the landlord. He said, yes, we did. I said, do you remember what we said? What did we agree on? Oh, yeah, I remember all that. I said, okay. You're not forgetful. You're not adult. The reason you can't remember what this guy said is because he didn't say anything. All he did was push your emotional buttons. And he linked together a bunch of things that made no sense but had high emotional content. Sure enough, my husband found the, the talk, the expose about uh, you know, the coming economic collapse. And they used Caterpillar as a company. That was an example. The Caterpillar is falling. They're getting ready to go into bankruptcy. I said to my husband, Caterpillar has been going into bankruptcy ever since 1982. I know because my brother got a job with Caterpillar. And they're constantly teetering on the brink. And so to point to Caterpillar and say the sky is falling because Caterpillar is having economic problems is, is, is pretty silly. And then we went through all the other things in inconsistencies in the presentation. These poor Americans who are losing their executive jobs, and now they're working with four jobs to piece things together, and um, they have to figure out where to put their nest egg. Well, wait, they don't have a nest egg because they just lost their big job, and they're now working for a small job. And so the presentation was a mishmash of unrelated, um, logically um, non-sequiturs, basically no logic at all, strung together to convince you, of course, to give them your money to avoid the coming collapse, naturally. So my husband agreed to stop listening to that stuff. Uh, and so I think people would do well to rely on the meager information available 
through their direct observation and their experience. Now, my father, my my husband also said that people in America are facing terrible, terrible economic times. It's just terrible. Everything's falling apart. I said, okay, honey, let's take a look at everyone you know in the United States. Make a list. Okay, got it. And also everyone I know in the United States. Do either one of us know even one person who is economically devastated, you know, kind of things going really badly and not being able to make ends meet and facing homelessness? He said, no. I said, yes, me neither. He says, well, folks had to switch jobs and instead of delivering boats, we had to deliver airplanes. I said, yes, but he still has employment. He just had to switch. And the economy is constantly changing. And certain areas dry up and certain areas grow. And you just have to move to the areas that are growing. So, <laughs> so that is the story. So we're ready for questions. People have questions. Let me go look in my questions window over here. So the problem with the Flint water crisis is conditioning. Answer is resist the conditioning. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. If you can't defend yourself from this mind control because it is pretty strong, then just turn off the uh, you know turn off the news. Just don't listen to it. Okay, is washing your hair with distilled water good or bad, and what effects can expect? So washing your hair with distilled water, uh, you know, I have to say, honestly, I've always washed my hair with tap water. But if you can afford it and you have access to it, I would definitely say washing your hair with distilled water is certainly good for your brains because the water in the shower and the poisons do penetrate your scalp, and that does cause problems. Um the hairstyle I wear requires washing about once every three months. So the amount of chemicals I get uh, washing my hair once every three months is not great. But for people who wash their hair more often, uh, washing with still water is actually not a bad idea. Can you replace freshly squeezed lemons with freshly squeezed limes and get the same cleaning health benefits? Uh, yes, you can. I do. Oh, so it says limes are cheaper than lemons. Well, certainly down here they are. <laughs> okay. Now, this is important. This is a quote someone found in the chat room. I'd like to uh, read it. It is difficult to get a man to understand something when his salary depends on him not understanding it. And this is really the crux. This is why I tell people... Really, if you can, switch your employment to a 1099 and become a, a free agent. What you're going to find is going to be very easy for you to see these um, fallacies in the information you're being fed and to protect your health, protect your health and your fortune. So that's important to do. Okay. Okay. So this is a complicated question. I don't know. I'm not sure I understand the question. Someone suffers from recurring seizures. Got it. That developed after brain surgery. Got it. Will a staph fungal infection dissolve? Got it. Could the infection still be there? Absolutely. All right. I got by that. Okay. Okay. So someone says, all right. So Dr. DeAndre, are you saying it's not only important to stop drinking the Kool-Aid, but stop drinking the water that makes it. Yep, absolutely. That's it. 
you got to not drink the water. And when I was a kid, that was a joke. The joke was, it's in the water. So somebody would act stupid or crazy or whatever, and people would look at, them, look at each other and say, it's in the water. And, of course, the joke was it really wasn't in the water. The person was just crazy. But now we realize it really is in the water. And drinking the water is among the worst things that you can do uh, with your health. All right. We have a question here. Let me see if I can get this right online. Hi, you're on the air. Okay. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yes, Dr. What's Daniel? your question? Had a had a question about um I just purchased it says clean strip pure gum spirits turpentine. And is that the kind that I can try or should it be saying um uh, pure um um turpentine from tree resin? Is there a difference? No, no, gum. Gum spirits means it's from tree resin. That's what gum means. So 100% pure gum spirits, that works. Okay, so this is all right for me to to um, use. And I just was curious about um, turpentine baths. Do, do you recommend those? Uh, and no, like, I don't recommend those. Those are too too traumatic. I think you should just start with the, oil, the oral uh, method. It's much more gentle and much easier. Mm-hmm. Okay. You mean taking it internally? Yes. yes. Take the oil. Taking it internally is better than better bathing right. with it. Correct. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Right, so you're appreciate welcome. you. Good okay. Thanks. You're awesome. Thank you. All right. Thanks a whole bunch. Okay, so back to our chat room with more questions in our chat room. Oh, for those of you who've been with us a while, we're going, we're having a repeat of our Share the Love sale. So that's coming up, our Share the Love sale for the Valentine's Day. So we'll, we'll be launching that in the next few days. <laughs> All right, a quote from Malcolm X. Dr. Daniel. Here is a quote, and it says, only a fool would let their enemy teach their children. And, you know, to get this, I think you have to understand what an enemy is. So an enemy is someone who's simply not on your side, someone who doesn't value your life or your existence. In fact, someone who maybe devalues it. That would be an enemy. And so to allow such a person to teach your children uh, is definitely foolish. And this is something I saw happen in Syracuse, New York, and I was shocked because I, uh, you know, at the time that I was watching it, I didn't realize what I was seeing. But as a child in Syracuse, um, I was um, designated as being especially bright and especially docile. And so I was allowed to go to school with the children of uh, politicians, uh, businessmen, and just basically very wealthy people and professionals. And so what happened was all of the kids I went to school with in these little um, hermetically sealed classrooms because we were, we were the chosen ones and we didn't have to mix with the other kids. So these children all went to uh, expensive slash Ivy League schools. Myself included, I went to Harvard. And what happened was these children grew up 
left Syracuse and abandoned their parents. And their parents were literally growing old in Syracuse, 60, 70 years old, without any help from their kids, nothing. Totally separated from their grandkids. And the the kids were all scattered. And especially we had a very large Jewish community in Syracuse. And when I was a kid, the community was uh, cohesive. They worked together. They controlled the educational system. And really just moved the way for their children so that the religion or practice of their religion did not conflict with the school schedule. And their kids were, you know, things were made easier for them. What happened when I was when I came back to Syracuse, and I was now I had my children and all of my classmates were had grown up and they had left and of course they had been educated by the enemies of their parents. This wasn't understood, and so what happened then was now the community of Jewish people was so small there were not enough Jewish people in enough positions to um, create an educational experience that was positive for these kids. And the Jewish parents, there weren't very many of them, were absolutely um, found themselves in a hostile situation for themselves and for their kids. So it destroyed the whole community. Um, The children who were Jewish faced a hostile environment. The parents of these kids faced a hostile uh, business environment. And then the parents of my classmates found themselves totally unsupported because their kids were in Japan. Uh, we went back from somewhere to Israel. Others went to the Midwest. It totally destroyed, it destroyed the community. The fact that these individuals had allowed their children to be educated uh, by their enemies. It was a, 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 an incredible thing as I saw it uh, take place and things were just plain crumbling. Dr. Daniels, do you think it would be safer to just pay attention to what the propagandists say and do the exact opposite? Uh, You know, you would have a much higher accuracy rate. Yes, you would. (laughs) Dr. Daniels, would you recommend drilling your own well with a simple well point and 50 feet of pipe to reach clean, fresh water? Um, No, I would not recommend that. Uh, because the groundwater is contaminated, so it's not going to work. Dr. Daniels, do you think that this listening to authority is similar to the game of Simon Says? That was a popular children's game. Absolutely. And I think that's the purpose of the game Simon Says. In fact, I can remember going to school and we would play the teacher would lead the class in playing the game of Simon Says. And I said, who the heck is Simon? Where is Simon? And why should I do what Simon says? Now, of course, I was very obedient and docile, so of course, I followed along all the activities. I said to my mind, in my own mind, I am not going to do what someone named Simon says. Just because Simon says it, I don't even know who Simon is, and the only Simon I know is simple Simon? That just doesn't make sense to me. So, all right. <laughs> All right, so this is uh so Dr. Daniel. Is the social conditioning then the problem? The perception that people are not smart enough to heal their own body? 
Absolutely. Bingo. That's it. Not only are people not smart enough to heal their body, I mean, that would be bad enough to think that, because maybe they're not smart enough to heal their body. But the body is not smart enough to heal itself. Now, there's a piece of stupidity. The body actually has in itself a blueprint that if you give it the nutrition it needs, if you remove the waste that it doesn't need, of course, that's what Vitality Capsules are all about. Get them at vitalitycapsules.com. But if you just create the circumstances that your body needs, it will actually heal itself. So I guess got his toolkit, you know, installed. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, okay, yeah, when you think of the Great Lakes, you think of lots of fresh water. It seems like anything but fresh. Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot going on in the Great Lakes. But, uh, the Great Lakes is a very large body of, at one time, what was fresh, drinkable water. Um, what it is right now is, uh, you know, I, I guess I haven't been there, and I'm totally opposed to taking secondhand information for anything. You know, I did live there. I was in Buffalo. It was Erie, uh, Erie Lake. And then when I was in Wisconsin, uh, Lake Superior, and there were definite water quality issues with uh, with both of them. Now, why there were quality, quality issues, I don't know. Whether the water in the lakes were really bad or whether the piping was bad or whether there were those who put poison directly in the water, none of that was clear. Again, I didn't have access to that level of, uh, of information. All right, one more question here. Over here. Hi, you're in the air. Your name and your question, please. Is it me? Yes, it's you. It's Dan, Dr. Daniels, from Fort Worth, Texas. Hi, Dan. And I just have more of a comment than a question uh, listening yeah. to your topic tonight. Uh, I, I quit drinking government water probably 12 years ago. And mm-hmm. uh, I never was big on drinking it in the first place because it smells bad and tastes bad. But then my wife and I sat down one day to read our annual water quality report, or as I like to call it, disquality report. Mm-hmm. And after sitting down and reading that, I said, anybody who would drink that's got to be out of their mind. And uh, so anyway... Uh, Thank goodness, as of recently, after starting to listen to you a couple of years back, I got me a reverse osmosis system, and it has uh, the water quality level when they measure it. My understanding is the worst reading a, a water can get is 200. Ours was 178, and since getting this reverse osmosis system put in, the osmosis spigot they put on my sink is a 16, and the water that comes through my refrigerator is a 9. So it significantly improved it. Oh, yeah, quite a bit. So anybody who'd read their annual water quality report, actually read it, pay attention to it, and see what all's in their water, uh, well, again, they'd have to be out of their minds to drink it. 
Yeah, and, and they I, probably are. A lot of times this drinking, it puts you out of your mind. I believe that, too. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I just had that comment. All right, well, thank you for calling in. Thank you, Doc. You're welcome. Yeah, it's kind of like a catch-22. After a while of drinking the water, you actually uh, become mentally impaired. And that is a problem. And so you have to kind of take it on faith and just stop drinking the water uh, to get your mind back. Uh, you know, you, you just got to do it. You don't have a choice. Uh, so definitely, if you're anywhere in the United States, there, there's absolutely no no evidence that your water is safe to drink. Again, just the epidemiological evidence that 60% of Americans suffer from water-slash-food-related uh, diarrhea every year. 60% of these are folks who don't travel. And if you travel to a third-world country, your chance of getting diarrhea there is only 60% at the tops and probably less than that. So, uh, you know, the empirical evidence is that this water universally is simply not safe to drink. And all we're seeing in Flint, Michigan, is a grand experience, experiment with obedience. And so far, uh, the people are showing uh, a tremendous level of obedience, which is unfortunate uh, for, their, for their health. But you don't have to do that. You can get reverse osmosis or distilled water uh, easily by just getting a tabletop unit. Not a big investment. All right, that is it. We will see you Sunday or next week. And as always, think happens.